Welcome to Running on Purpose, a podcast dedicated to training the body, the mind, and the soul for what the race requires. My name is Steve, and I'm your host. The bad news is that you're falling through air, there's nothing to hang on to, and you have no parachute. The good news is that there is no ground. This is a quote from Choi Gam Trungpa that I mangle in this conversations with this conversation with Kobe. Now, Kobe and I are back in conversation. He's from In The Zone podcast for another of what we're calling the inner work dialogues. Our goal with these discussions is to begin to attempt to sketch the outline and form of a concrete practical approach to incorporating and exploring the spiritual path with running. We cover a lot of ground in this conversation a few of the key points, the big picture view, training weaknesses early and strengths late, intentions, overcoming a toxic running culture, the felt sense and anatomy of soul, staying open, brief and debrief, pattern recognition and reversal, and being in process. In the final 20 minutes, I bring forward an actual real life example of how a spiritual approach, process in this case, can improve an athlete's training and racing experience in evidential ways. And Kobe discusses how a failure experience of trying to run under 20 hours in a recent 100 mile event where he finished four hours slower than his goal turned out to be a deeply moving experience. And he discusses how it was possible to tap into his love of the process. At the end of the episode, we ask for you to re- ask you to reach out to us if you have any specific questions or examples so we can use them to help clarify our points. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this episode to continue to take risks and to dive into your next challenge. So join me for the podcast episode I call The Inner Work Dialogues, Designing a Spiritual Training Plan. Godspeed, my friends. Godspeed. Beautiful. We're live already. Cool, Steve. We're having our second, well, third conversation all, already. I'm, uh, I'm pretty glad that we actually are starting to get some rhythm going. Yeah, let's keep it going. Let's try yeah. to get this at least once a month, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we took slightly over a month since we since we talked we last talked, right? Yeah, but, but you've been you've been a busy boy, so yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have too, actually. I've been traveling a good bit and working a lot. So it's, Mm -hmm. this is the nature of podcasting. And this is Mm -hmm. our, this is, this is our side hustle, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It is. It is. Uh, This particular, this particular, I do two other podcasts. So this, this one, this one actually fits in within my main running on purpose podcast, but Mm -hmm. it, it, it feels like when we meet that it hasn't been consistent enough for us 
to like feel like it's a real thing yet mm -hmm. but and mm -hmm. i think both your mind and heart and my mind and heart it already is a real thing so i just wanted to mm -hmm. keep i want it yeah. to solidify exactly yeah. exactly beautiful so um i honestly want to st jump straight into uh today's today's topic uh because we're gonna practice to make these podcasts about 60 minutes long and we both have a tendency to go quite deep pretty quickly and so we cover a lot of ground um and that's also why we tend to go over 60 minutes so let's let's set that intention again for today and and let's let's try to make it work um uh, again so um today we're gonna um practice making things more uh, tangible honestly because when we talk about spirituality i mean it's just so it can sound so airy fairy so woo woo it's very hard to okay like this is very abstract guys like what do i do with it because i feel there's something to it i i'm starting to connect to this inner world and i notice more and more of these patterns i notice them but then what do i actually how do I work through them? How do, how does, how do I make things change? Like, how do I actually uh, leverage the spiritual potential that I, that I have? So today we're going to try to do that through a very specific topic being the spiritual training plan. And I, this is a topic that you put forward. Um, I mean, a while ago now. Uh, and, but I loved it straight away because mm -hmm. it has several very um, interesting components obviously there's the process component it's something that is never ending even though it might seem like it ends at this one goal but then when you zoom out every goal is just part of the process towards the next goal and the next goal and so at some point you start to wonder then what is the what is the whole point if there's no really one big point that we're working towards um, but then also because of the every day very mundane nature it's all these little things that are happening there's never one big thing necessarily going wrong i mean from some perspective you might say there is but it's it's all it's the beauty of spirituality is that when you really get to the bottom it is in these very mundane things my achilles start to hurt now what i twisted my ankle now what it feels like then all of a sudden your training plan is at, at a halt but from a spiritual level, that's where it actually starts. Mm. So, I'm very curious what your uh, what your thought was, your your what your perspective was between behind uh, putting this forward. Now that you've heard mine and why I think this is a very uh, exciting topic to to talk about. So, we you know as coaches, we are always thinking about the big picture view for our athlete. And we're making some kind of plan in my in my way of working i call that a macro cycle so it's working through a specific command performance that an athlete wants to achieve a result at typically mm -hmm. that's three to six months away because i'm working primarily with marathoners or um, shorter distances i do work with ultra runners but typically my the most the, the greatest number of people i work with are more short distance if you consider marathon a short distance. And so we, we sort of create this, this macro view of what's going on within a, but it's really over a long haul, over a period of many years, as you alluded to, mm -hmm. much more meso, like much more middle ground, because mm -hmm. typically there is um, a four-year or an eight-year or a five-year plan, depending on where a person is. So my idea around the I thought is that it's 
really easy to, it seems to me, because the way that the spiritual life works, that if you're going to focus in on particular training concepts that will help you physiologically, and you're going to work on particular training concepts that will help you psychologically, then there's a real opportunity to also bring the soul in. Mm -hmm. um, we're calling it spirit. I will just, for the interest of continuity and consistency, just say the two are combined. I think there's a difference, but let's just leave it that these are, we're talking about the soul or the spirit. Mm -hmm. I like the soul a little better because it becomes, uh, it, it, it allows for a little more personal rela relationality to it. So I get to mm -hmm. think about my own personal experience with that, where spiritual sometimes tends to put me out into a wider view, like a much more global view. But so I'm just using that as an argument for anybody who might be listening to this as the first episode that they're talking with us. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to think about what you're doing in your body and you're going to think about what you're doing in your mind, we should also maybe take an opportunity, especially those people who are so inclined to think about it from a soul perspective, from a bigger picture mm -hmm. perspective. Mm -hmm. So here's a wonderful opportunity. You're getting ready to do a 16 week program to prepare for a marathon. Mm -hmm. And you're mm -hmm. going to work on the physiological aspects in each of these different phases and you're going to plan that all out you're going to do the same thing mentally i don't think enough people do actually do the mental training um, mm -hmm. in my program the mental training is baked into the actual workouts themselves mm -hmm. but i think that one thing that can be really helpful is to also think about it from a soul perspective so that's kind of mm -hmm. why i brought it up is to say hey there's these opportunities but the other thing that's really really important to think about is that we can do as i just mentioned with the mental training is there's an opportunity to have a macro view and then a much more dialed in session view so mm -hmm. each session can have a purpose or intention that mm -hmm. has a soul related element coming through it so you've mm -hmm. got this larger view of the big picture that sort of keeps you on track and kind of like a like a thing of setting far in the distance that you're working towards but mm -hmm. then each of the sessions that you're doing should have some aspect where soul is also being pulled through or allowed mm -hmm. to come up and Beautiful. if we're just really mindful and conscious being conscious of what's going on in a session mm. these things show up mm -hmm. believe me there are opportunities for working on your soul and your spirit mm -hmm. in every session mm. so that's mm. the view i have is that someone who's interested in that there are mm. these opportunities so what probably Beautiful. from here what we can do is begin to start to think about how you unpack that how we might mm -hmm. how we might put some practical meat on the bones of this skeleton mm -hmm. exactly cool I love that. Um, I think that's, yeah, I love that was succinct, clear to me. <laughs> um, but I think also as we, as we move towards this, as I move through this, as we do more of these episodes, it's going to be more and more clear for people that are, that are listening as well. So um, I think it's, this is also very interesting because I also don't get to talk to a lot of people that have very specific viewpoints uh, when it comes to these topics. So I'm now naturally curious to ask you a lot of questions, which is definitely something I want to do. Uh, before we jump into those questions, though, for the listeners, so what we have in mind now is that to uh, Steve's point, we are now going to unpack the practicality of that. And then in the second part of the uh, episode, we're really going to share some examples. Um, there's a very specific example that is very recent with one of Steve's athletes. Um, and then as something, uh, I'm, there's also something I'm going to share mm -hmm. uh, that I often observe or that yeah, I often observe with people that, that we are working with. Um, and so that's what we really intend to do both give principles, but also really try to give very specific examples then that really help you 
put the two together and start to practice for yourself, which is ultimately where you're going to discover the more spiritual dimension for, for yourself. It's not in these, in just this conversation and, and understanding it intellectually. It's really going out there, doing it and experiencing it for yourself. So that is the, the outline that we have in mind for this, for this conversation. And uh, with that being said, I am, um, I'm very curious to hear now, what is it that you, how does the soul get expressed in those sessions or what is a, a soul intention that you set? I mean, it's pretty clear for most people when you think about a macro plan, then these are the physiological aspects that I'm going to develop, whether it's a VO2 max threshold, um, muscle endurance, whatever these are. How would you explain the development of the soul throughout a, a three to six months uh, training cycle? So in order to take uh, an, a bigger picture view and then break it down or break it into constituent parts, a lot of that comes down to a big picture view. This is something that's really, really important to me. I think it's really important for everybody is to consider your soul perspective or from your spiritual perspective, what you hold to be true. What is reality for you? What is really real? And where are you operating from? Once you've got that set and you know that's, I'm not going to go into that because that's a big old ball of wax that we can maybe cover on another day and another time. But just assuming that that view is good, that you know where you're coming from, then you can say, what are the things I need to work on? Just like we might say in training. Okay. So that's the first place I would start. I would write down a few things that you think of from a soul perspective that you really want to work on. These could be things that are coming up in your relational life with, with um, partner, um, children, work-related environment, anything that you might be thinking about for the way you relate to other people. Looking at relations can be very helpful. Another area is looking at your experience of um, what, what's going on in t inside your body. So what part, I love the theme within a training content, between a training complex of thinking around my body as a temple. Um, that's a great place to start too. It's like, okay, if I were thinking about my body being a temple, in what way would I exhibit through my physical manifestation, through my somatic practice, aspects that I want to see in my life, that I want to come through in my life? Again, those will be based, so that's embodied. So the relational part, there's an embodied part. And then there might be another area that you might consider using might be uh, aspirational. So something that you're not currently having, um, patience or peace or um, motivation or whatever, right? There's a spiritual component to that. There's a part of that that is spiritual that you might be able to use. So then you have a list of two, three, four, or five different things that you might want to work on, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that list then can be said, okay, what might there be? So then, and then say of the order of importance, what are they? And I would number, number them, one, two, three, mm -hmm. four. Mm -hmm. And then one of the training principles I follow all the time is to work on your, what you're good at late in a training cycle and work mm -hmm. at what you're not good at earlier in the training cycle. Now, of course, there's, we're not going into, we're not really talking right now about periodization. So that's a different mm -hmm. piece of the puzzle. Periodization is how you structure training to be hit all the foundations and fundamentals, right? Mm -hmm. What I'm talking about here is be more aligned to with mental training. So 
what am I not good at allows you to take this large body of time that you are pretty far distant from your race, maybe two months, three months, four months away from it, and kind of focus on working on the things you're not good at because you don't need really tight, positive feedback loops early on. Mm -hmm. And so then, then as you get closer and closer to your event, you might start working on the things that you're better at so that you get a better tight feedback loop of positivity as you're going forward in a race. So that might be a place to start. That would be somewhere to start. If I gave an example, it might be like, okay, um, on my list is I am feel really scattered and really unconnected to my goal. Hmm. If I'm scattered and unconnected to my goal, I might list down four ways that it might be helpful for me to be thinking about that. Okay. Mm. And then I might go into every run then with an intention. And this is a really, really important piece of the puzzle of any kind of work that we're doing from a spiritual perspective. And I believe physiological and mental is to be sure you've got a clear intention for your doing what you're doing in that session. Mm. So make sure it's clear and you understand it. Write it out the night before you go do your workout. Have mm. it in a piece of paper. Don't type it out. Write it on a piece of paper. Take that piece of paper consecrate it in some way touch it to your chest put it to your head do something with it right speak it out loud pray it if you want to do that whatever just make a ritual of ritual experience around the intention that you set and then take that piece of paper out with you onto the training course and look at it prior to getting started and then just let it go allow it and, let, and, then, and then when you finish you get back to your kit you get back you finished your repetitions you finished your long run you finished whatever it is you go back you change you look at your intention and then afterwards you might take 15 minutes 10 15 minutes to write down okay this is how i executed on that intention mm -hmm. so those are those are some ways that i might look at it from a macro level down mm -hmm. to the micro level that's sort of um that's, I packed a lot in there, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that that gives people kind of an overview of how they might uh, consider it because hmm. these concepts are slippery. And if we don't get them down on paper, mm -hmm. somehow, some way, they, mm -hmm. they'll slip through our fingers mm -hmm. and they get, they get, they get, uh, they just go in and out really quickly because mm -hmm. they're not valued by our current um, cultural complex our mm. current culture is incredibly toxic and it's not looking for your soul growth or your soul mm. making it's looking mm. to just make you into a commodity and mm. so if you're not and i think that's what our running culture does too mm. i think the competitive running culture commodifies mm. our experience i mm. pay an x amount of dollars to run on a get on a starting line um, mm. If that starting line's hard to get on, even more, mm -hmm. it becomes more and more of a commodity. And then mm. in the running of it, you're sent all these things that try to make you into a commodity. And then you're buying all these things mm. while you're before the race goes off. And then you're consuming all these products while the race is going on. Then and afterwards, they're going to try to sell you something else. Mm. I know that that doesn't seem like it's people's modus operandi, but it is going on underneath the current. So if you allow mm. just whatever's culturally going on in our world, especially in road running, road running is really bad for this. Trail running mm -hmm. is a lot better because you're just mm -hmm. immediately out in the beautiful landscape and mm. it's, mm -hmm. it's all good. So mm. anyway, I, I think that A, get a view, B, break it into like quarters or fours or whatever feels big for you around questions that you have. And then bring those in clear intentions to particular mm -hmm. sessions that allow you to unpack cool. it. And then if you do that, one of the things that was really helpful is new things will show up. You will not need to go back to your list 
after mm. after about a month because new things will be arising in your spirit in your space mm-hmm. that will allow you to find new avenues that you really need to explore. Maybe cool. you will clear up so, problems you had and new ones will and 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 solutions will and new problems will come up based on what's going on in your training. Yeah. I that that's also something I find in my experience. That's the beautiful, just ever evolving nature of this. And it's 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 the, yeah, it's 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 beautiful. Uh but I'm I'm curious to I'm just want to hone in a little bit on the on the process. So what what might that intention look like? So an intention might be um today I'm going to practice peace. I'm going to have a peaceful space. Mm-hmm. Now, you might need to fine-tune that over time. So that might be an intention you set over and over again because peace mm-hmm. is relatively nebulous. Um, mm-hmm. What is the feeling state associated with it? But even mm-hmm. if I just felt like, okay, I use the example of I'm not feeling connected to my goal. I feel mm-hmm. discontinuous and, and antsy or and have a lot of anxiety around this. Mm-hmm. So I might say, what I'm going to work on, I feel what the feeling state I most desire is peace. Mm-hmm. So I would just like write down, I will have a peaceful workout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you set okay. a clear intention that says, I will do or I am something or mm-hmm. something will occur, depending mm-hmm. on and those are. And usually you want to be really positive and you mm-hmm. want to make sure you bring yourself into the equation, at least mm-hmm. early on. Later on, yourself can sort of diffuse and move out mm-hmm. and where it's just where maybe later the statement is peace and, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and nothing else needs to be said. Mm-hmm. And then one of the key things we're trying to do in these workouts is to bring this concept, this intention into a felt sense. Mm-hmm. That means a direct, directly experienced in our body, mm-hmm. not a mental concept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it could be a, a, an overflowing heart. Mm-hmm. It could be a deep sense of calm that mm-hmm. filters through our system. It could mm-hmm. be a resolution of inner anxiety that, again, calm. But instead of it being a positive state, it could be the reduction of a negative state. Mm-hmm. It might be clarity of mind, pureness mm-hmm. of heart, right? These mm-hmm. Christian concepts that are Beatitudes mm-hmm. that come from Jesus's work, you know, that, especially mm-hmm. Matthew, early chapters of Matthew. They're, the Beatitudes are really helpful for anybody. You don't even need to be mm-hmm. Christian. They're just... Blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the pure of heart, blessed are what just because mm-hmm. contemplating those things, right? Mm-hmm. Going back to our last episode of contemplation, mm-hmm. this intention is basically setting a contemplation to happen under mm-hmm. the hood mm-hmm. in the miles okay. as the miles are proceeding and progressing. Yeah. So then this is where when we say we set the intention to have a peaceful run, then that's obviously where you need the tools to be able to to do that. Um so okay, and I think this this is this would be a good point for us to say that's probably that should probably be an entire episode, if not several <laughs> episodes, in enough in and of themselves. Well, um, I used peace because I know peace is something. I went back and listened to a few of your earlier podcasts because I just love mm-hmm. going back to your early stuff, and um, mm-hmm. that is a main that's a main thread for you. A number of years ago, you were mm-hmm. very much about peace being a mm-hmm. place having a place in mm-hmm. your running and in the running mm-hmm. of others. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I think it's incredibly useful because so many people's running experience is not peaceful. It's mm-hmm. feels like war. It feels oh, like the opposite, you know? Interesting. Cool. So um, I think this is incredibly, incredibly interesting because we actually do not know uh, how should I put it? 
we our connection at this point is that we are both interested in this common topic, but we do not know actually a whole lot about each of our mm. of our uh, individual perspectives or our entry points. So I think this is very helpful because um, it allows me to ask you a lot of questions that probably the listeners are also having at this moment because the things you're sharing right now are not necessarily immediately obvious to me. So if you would allow me, I think I sure. want to just continue and, and, and try to unpack this. Um, because I think this is also where I start to understand how you connect or do you, your importance or the, the weight that you're assigning to um, understanding your perspective. Because uh, the way you talk about soul implies or are tells me that there's a couple of qualities that you associate with soul. Like soul is more peaceful, soul is more patient, soul is more grateful. Am I, am, am, so maybe start off, let's start off here with a, with a question. Am I understanding this correctly? Because in order for something uh, to be there to practice, you have to be able to like put this abstract concept of soul into more specific terms try to grasp it so to speak sure if i go off on a tangent pull me back yeah okay yeah because my sense of soul is that we have souls each of us has a soul mm -hmm. but it is it is anemic it is tiny mm -hmm. for most people it's not grown And mm -hmm. it's uh, it needs to be made. Mm. It needs to be empowered. It needs to be built. Mm. It needs to be brought forward. Mm. Okay. okay. Um, and I think that everyone has a soul, mm. but everyone needs to make their soul. So I call mm. running as soul. I think running as mm. soul making, Beautiful. if you choose to look at it from that perspective. Beautiful. So what I'm saying here is that an at, from my perspective, because with that grounding of soul, Then mm -hmm. what I'm looking for, just like I'm trying to gain fitness, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I'm trying cool. to gain soul. Awesome. I like and that. so that soul making will have a particular flavor or mm -hmm. a particular density or a particular mm -hmm. um, um, uh, flair that feels mm -hmm. resonant and alive in me in a given mm -hmm. moment or mm -hmm. on the positive end that I might mm -hmm. want to pursue. Mm -hmm. But it might cool. also be a lack Or um or a, or a, something not Beautiful. there that it, or or a or a deep emptiness that mm. might need to be filled because mm. this soul as it grows ten, mm. if it grows more quickly without real practical applica applications um can get into bypassing can get into um, mm. just mm -hmm. trying to uh, trying to feel like look at my soul. Yeah, Look yeah. at my beautiful soul. It's a beautiful yeah, yeah. soul. Of course, yeah, yeah. again, and again, these are things that are totally not. But again, we know this from the spiritual path, right? Mm -hmm. Spiritual bypassing is a big thing. And mm -hmm. we're seeing this more and more in our world of connection of people who are we've lost our religious traditions. Mm. They're less weighted. Now, many people still have mm -hmm. them. No offense to anybody that does. I deeply respect and honor religious traditions as they exist. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but many of us lost ours at some point and we're trying to rebuild it. And there's yeah, a tendency yeah. to say, look at the nice house. Yeah. I built this house from scratch. You know, mm-hmm. Did you really? Like, mm-hmm. yes, there should be some pride in developing the soul. But that mm-hmm. pride will quickly make you cool. realize that there's a huge room here and you've only mm-hmm. barely even cleaned out the little tiny corner of one of the r- rooms of the of it, Okay. Right? So then would it be fair to say that the if you say my soul is growing bigger, then I would say um, I'm starting to feel more and more alive. I mean, maybe you would yes. say that too, but that's yes. how I would. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So beautiful. Okay, cool. So I think this is, oh, cool. I'm getting very excited, <laughs> excited now um, uh, because I feel we're going to start to unpack just um, how, And I think it's a very crucial thing to understand how a lot of different words are just aiming at the same thing. Um, and it's just so beautiful once you start to be able to look through the words and understand that, oh, you're actually just aiming at the same thing. Um, uh, because one distinctive way or the distinctive aspect of my perspective is that there's this, um, this, uh, this, we actually are connected to like some kind of source is my, my belief at this point where soul is actually trying to flow into each one of us constantly, constantly. And if I go back to my perspective or my experience, I just was, just, I just was closed off from soul, like 100%, like closed off from the source, like 100% because I thought I had to be a certain way. I had to do certain things. And I mean, I'm not going to go into all the depths in which I believe that that is creating tension in my system, which actually is physically closing me off from things mm. that are flowing and going on, which I'm still actively exploring and very mm-hmm. curious about myself. So this is not all something that I have experienced firsthand. But then from my perspective, all I have to do continuously is go out of the way of this river connected to the source or from the source flowing in and so the more i can dissolve my ego my old patterns my old stories all the things i'm telling that i should be and do and all these things then i just naturally start to feel more and more and more alive and so i would i would then translate that to what you're saying in terms of the practice and to, to bring it back all the way to how for the people listening can i then practice this i would for example um then Like courage would be something that I, I'm, I'm actively practicing. I notice that there's a lot of invitations this source is making from me that if I just am continue, continue to flow with the invitation, for example, Kobe, go out and go um, run across Belgium. And then there's like a part of me, I don't know, that's like, that's like so long and I don't know, and this costs so much money and like who's going to help me? And it's like, then I get the invitation to practice courage courage to practice trust to practice um these qualities and and flow with it and as as long as i allow myself to be in this river and flow and trust and i'm, I'm connected to soul i'm open to soul i i am practicing being more uh receiving for soul for source um and i'm just having a ton of fun uh, and then sometimes there's these invitations that source is making and like i just collapse like a big putting so <laughs> then that is how my understanding of what you would invite your athletes to practice. Yes. Let me give you another example of maybe using courage. So in an example today, we had a workout where we did, oh, I call it the hard, I call it hard charger. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's basically five times 1200 meters on a track. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the first four of those repetitions with three minutes recovery. So it's a really mm-hmm. big recovery for mm-hmm. that limited a time. The mm-hmm. first 800 of each of those 1200s, the first two laps of it are run at your 10K pace or your 10K effort. Mm-hmm. And then you charge for the third 400, like you push it mm-hmm. for the third 400. Mm-hmm. So for you, if you and I were working together and we were, and you had shared with me that you're not only trying to get as fit as you can, but you're mm-hmm. also working on this concept of courage, I would say, mm-hmm. have the courage to push mm-hmm. more during that and see mm-hmm. what happens. And then you'll have mm-hmm. t- plenty of time to recover. So little mm-hmm. bouts of courage, because when you're talking mm-hmm. about running across Belgium, that's a huge ask. Mm-hmm. And then what you're mm-hmm. doing throughout that is asking for little bouts of courage to show up throughout. Mm-hmm. But there's mm-hmm. this bigger picture of courageousness that mm-hmm. is already in play. But I think mm-hmm. many athletes that I work with are not really comfortable with <laughs> that large scale of vision. But mm-hmm. they are intent on their time goal on race mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this work, and I can explain to them, this workout is working on these physiological attributes and these psychological attributes, but the soul sense, this aliveness mm-hmm. sense, this source sense is asking for courage. And you're focused mm-hmm. on that as your intention. Courage is your intention. Mm-hmm. I will be courageous Beautiful. in this session. Cool. And then mm-hmm. that's what you would, I would ask you to write beforehand. I will be courageous in this session. Mm-hmm. Then I would say to you, cool. and you may show up on that workout and not know exactly what that means. But as your coach, mm-hmm. I could say, this is called the hard charger. So let's really focus on the aspect of this session that is mm. at play to charge mm. hard. Now, the mm. fifth rep of that session is to go hard for the whole 1200 meters. Mm-hmm. So it's a really challenging 5K session. It's a, mm. it's a really hard session, but it's a mm. beautiful session to bring courage forward. Mm. Now, for someone else, that might be to stay um, aligned to a plan to Mm. follow a plan frequently Mm. on race day i'll say to someone remember Mm. we set a strategy we set a plan Mm. but most you jack wagons have a tendency not to follow (laughs) the plan when the gun goes off so remember for the first 10 miles that we made a plan and you agreed with me that that plan was the best (laughs) way to proceed so uh-huh. f- have the ability to stay within yourself and trust mm-hmm. in that sense, it would be a, tr- a trust attribute mm-hmm. that your strategy, trust in yourself, trust in your coach, mm-hmm. trust in the environment, trust in mm-hmm. something that might show up to give mm-hmm. you the ability to finish. So mm-hmm. you, I think that th- those two examples give just taking one session, you know, from a running mm-hmm. across Belgium to doing a particular mm-hmm. workout might give mm-hmm. people a way to see it. And I think you can mm-hmm. also see how I just, you just said courage. And then I just found a workout immediately that mm-hmm. we just did this morning to bring mm-hmm. to bear with it. You can see mm-hmm. how that comes back to that point that I made earlier about if you stay open here, many mm-hmm. of the core needs that you have from a soul perspective or a spiritual perspective will show up much like mm-hmm. this happens in dreams when people are being spiritually attuned, when mm-hmm. people are working, I don't know if your 10 day Vipassana meditation retreat, if you had dreams but most people they get about Mm. three four five days through that meditation retreat and dreams start to come really forward in really interesting Mm. and strange and unusual ways Mm. and i think that that's another place where when we're spiritually attuned Mm. um things show up in the environment around us in our day-to-day life that are instructive Mm. and things show up in our in our rest phases Mm. and our sleep that might come up or even Mm. in a moment where someone is maybe daydreaming or in a state of in-between state, a threshold state, then they're Mm -hmm. able to maybe 
have a little piece of paper and write down concepts and ideas that come forward. So mm-hmm. I do think we want to stick to a plan if you make a big plan, but I think you mm-hmm. also want to be alive to whatever shows up in an experience and use mm-hmm. it. The one mm-hmm. thing I will recommend highly is that you take notes. You need mm-hmm. a brief and a debrief. Okay. You need mm-hmm. to brief what you're trying to achieve from this perspective of that's what the intention is, is the brief, right? And you may have mm-hmm. it more detail oriented. Like I said, on the third, be courageous. But on the third rep, that means that's the place where you're courageous. Not in the first 800, but in mm-hmm. the third rep, you re- the third, mm-hmm. the third lap of the session, you might want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And so then that kind of plays through. But one, so, one question uh, I wait, one question I have for yeah. you before you <laughs> jump on me is when you think about um, doing running as a spiritual, if you think about a plan for that, I've just mm-hmm. described these, this bigger picture that I would use. Mm-hmm. How do you think about that? I mean, where, where, where do you go with it? Because mine mm-hmm. is obviously, I always have, um, I've been doing this for a long time, so I have really pretty clear and concrete ideas, mm-hmm. but, but I'm just one dude sitting over here in Austin, Texas, doing what I'm doing, all feeling, sensing in a lot of ways that I'm kind of like all by myself. So I'm super interested in hearing how someone else all the way across the world is maybe implementing these kinds of things on their, in their space. But by the way, before I answer that question, I just, I just love the vibe in this conversation. I'm also practicing because it's something I've noticed in the first conversation, we both could easily go into 30 minute monologue. Yes, we can. (laughs) So I I love that we are also, I mean, I'm getting more comfortable just like trying to interject and just like trying to stay on topic and make it. And I think this is making it really dense. And I loved how you just made it so specific earlier too. So, Mm -hmm. and I also love the moment that you're, uh, putting it back uh, <laughs> or turning the question or the tables around because I also I'm almost like I, I would love to share this uh, yes. myself too mm-hmm. um, because um, I, I honestly a confession I would have to make to a lot of our athletes uh, honestly is that um, they are they, I mean they're signing up and what we're selling is the result I mean I know they want to run the sub three marathon they want to run their first 50 miler and all these amazing goals but I know that the reason I want to do that and want to help with them uh, help them do that in the first place is just because I know if you do that together with us I also know that you're going to be a different human being than you were at the beginning of this program Absolutely. and so that is that is 100% what I love the most so the reason that that uh, happens so consistently is simply because i mean the main thing we do is help people become aware of their own patterns and how they um move through uh from a mental emotional perspective through the training plan it's one thing to notice that if i run um uh if i run five times a week and this volume then my achilles start to hurt which is an amazing thing to become aware of it's a very different thing to become aware of the fact that if you have five training scheduled but you were only able to do four that always puts you in a state of disappointment fear anxiety which is something that not a lot of people notice at first but the more that you notice these patterns, the more you notice, oh, my God, Kobe, it's the same thing over and over and over. And actually, now that I start to pay attention to it, this is the same thing happening in my business. As soon as there's there's one client that's not happy, then I am anxious for the next three weeks or I start to beat myself up. So this is what people start to become aware of at a mental, emotional level. 
And what I start to notice is that the more that you become aware of what is happening at the mental, emotional level, just as much as you become aware of what's happening at the physical level, then all of a sudden you start, it's like people start to, or something in them starts to become, it's like starts to wake up. It's like they start to notice, well, if I am noticing all of these patterns, then I'm likely not this pattern. And it's like this, it's like this process that starts to be initiated where their identification with the pattern just starts to loosen and it starts to dissolve and they start to see that things can change. So if it can change, then who am I? Am I the one being upset or am I the one being grateful or am I both? And then it's like all of these existential things, wheels that start spinning. And honestly, that is, that is my perspective on how you can grow spiritually through a training program. Because every single time that I know that you're going to experience crisis, which for a lot of runners is injury, is missing a goal, is progressing more slowly than you would care for. That is the exact moment where you get the opportunity to awake to more expansive perspectives where you can start to awaken to the idea that you are actually much more than, than this pattern or this need or this anxiety or this fear. Um, so then that's where I just leave it for now. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's mindfulness embodied, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. you're just describing yeah. exactly the steps of process by which um, typical mindfulness protocols walk down. Mm -hmm. But yet there's a somatic element and it comes out and plays out in somebody's mm -hmm. lived experience mm -hmm. while if but this requires a level of um, openness. Mm -hmm. This is a very important part of what mm -hmm. we're talking about here. From mm -hmm. my perspective, I still think you're doing soul making to me. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. But what I you're mean, doing at this level is more broad based of how do I operate in the world right mm -hmm. and you're and what you're discussing here is more what i would call i i guess i would have said is more preliminary not mm -hmm. less important actually probably mm -hmm. more important but i kind of mm -hmm. assumed that there was a already op, someone's operating already in a space of having a an ability to have an observer position to be able to move into an observer position mm -hmm. to be able to get outside of themselves to recognize mm -hmm. they have thoughts but then if you watch your thoughts, if you watch your experiences, if you watch your patterns in your examples, mm -hmm. you become aware of mm -hmm. your not being those thoughts and not mm -hmm. being those patterns. And then things mm -hmm. open up. Again, what we're talking about here is openness. Yeah. Um, and that openness is scary. Mm. I mean, we need to bring oh, yeah. this to people's attention, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah, yeah. this, before we pressed record, I talked about how all of suffering is a process of us purifying or or clarifying or mm. pulling off things that are not working that are and that's a painful process mm. oh, yeah. and it's a scary process for sure and i think maybe to 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 just connect it to that you were sharing earlier with the soul making the next progression of this process is that you start to observe much more 
clearly in yourself, because something that we do in our process or in our program as well is just we cultivate the ability to be more silent within yourself. And so then you start to see more clearly that some things that are that you're doing are just like default fear-based all patterns. And some things are actually coming from a different space somehow that are much more intuitive, feel much more free, much less needy, and are actually much more expansive and feel lighter when you start doing them. And it's actually by moving between these like poles almost that you start to experience, oh, there's, it's like, if I operate from this perspective, mm. I have a much different experience of my training process of life. And if I go back to how I used to do this, oh, then I get back to this more scarce, more fear-based, more needy, tense, uh, anxious, uh, draining perspective. And the more that you practice letting go of those old patterns, the more space you naturally create, the more open you naturally become to allow more soul in your life. And so that is exactly where the, where the practice becomes because it's so easy, so tempting to default back to the old program because it feels much safer, much more familiar. It's so much easier to be hard on yourself, but that is the exact moment when you need to start practicing courage, trust, surrender, acceptance. And that is, that is freaking hard. But that is what I would then, going back to your terminology, call the soul-making moment. Yes. The moment that you... Their decisions. Oh, your decision. You decide to act differently. This is the will. Noticed. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I'm not afraid of calling it soul making. Mm -hmm. Because I think in a lot yeah. of ways it can be a little off-putting. And I in a sense, you sensed mm -hmm. that early on. It was like, wait, what are we doing here? Yeah, why yeah. why are we building something up when maybe one of our main objectives is to tear everything down in a sense? Yeah, yeah. And I, I want to make it clear that I think you come from a far more eastern perspective perspective you're mm -hmm. influenced by an eastern perspective mm -hmm. one of which i have mm -hmm. traveled that path um with mm -hmm. some with with a small degree of consistency mm -hmm. and focus mm -hmm. but only in the last three to five years have i moved back onto a western path much more mm -hmm. much more philosophically grounded and going mm -hmm. back to original greek kinds of thinking and there's been a lot mm -hmm. more thinking around these things so not that i'm Beautiful. afraid it's not that i'm mm -hmm. afraid of those emptiness spaces and those lacking of, but that to me, it feels like that I'm having, I've had such a hard time bringing these, those kinds mm. of concepts forward in a way yeah, that yeah. resonated for people. And I think that you oh, guys yeah. are doing is really beautiful, Kobe, that you're able to have a clear step-by-step -step process to mm. allow folks to fall when they fall back that falling mm. back there's one thing i want to mm -hmm. just clarify for our listener when you said that they would resort back to or fall back into old patterns it's very important for people to realize we are pattern makers mm. this is our human gift is also our curse that's a mm. shadow aspect of Pat, but we need patterns. Patterns allow us. What you're doing is you're trying to create a new pattern, a pattern mm. that starts to move beyond pattern. But that is mm. meta thinking. That is next yeah. level thinking. And it takes a long time to do that. So every there's one mm. thing I would just offer folks, just like you do in meditation when we teach people teach meditation. They say there's nothing so often people feel badly when they find themselves no long, you know, traipsed off into some never never land of thought. And they think, oh gosh. 
I've screwed up. Yeah, yeah. Now I've got to come back to my breath, right? Instead say, oh, that's perfect. That's exactly what I wanted because now I have this opportunity to mm -hmm. move back into a present mm -hmm. state and bring mm -hmm. myself back into that decision moment. And that mm -hmm. decision, that opportunity is available mm -hmm. every time you quote unquote slip. But it's without mm -hmm. the slipping, without mm -hmm. the falling off, we would have mm -hmm. no conscious awareness of how we're growing. And, mm -hmm. and now we want to be wary of that then acquisitional mode of acquiring more and more moments of staying in that space. But mm -hmm. yet that's what we're really doing. Just like we have to be, it's like, it's a very, there's a term I, I grew up. I don't know if they have this in Belgium, but I read a book when I was a young kid called the push me, pull me it was Dr. Doolittle book. And there's this push mm -hmm. me, pull me. It's this animal that has, it's basically a, a mule or donkey mm -hmm. with two heads connected mm. by a body. So it's constantly pulling itself at different mm. angles. And I feel like this is the human condition. You know, we're, mm. we've got this push me, pull me going on within us. And what mm. we need to realize is we're all one thing. It's all good. Mm. It's all mm. good. Mm. We're trying to move towards a thing, but those mm. failures are the things that actually give us an opportunity to grow into the mm -hmm. space that we want to be mm -hmm. just like we think about from training sessions. And I think this is just really important since we are talking about running and training because mm -hmm. we're both coaches how often do your athletes actually view their failures as mm. the essential mode of to be in in order to grow like we if mm. you just nailed every single session perfectly yeah. then you're not actually ready to run any faster. You're, I mean, you're ready to run much faster than you're actually shooting for, right? Yeah, so yeah. occasional failures or failures are are important part of a process. 100%, mm -hmm. 100%. 100%. Um, and one thing that comes to mind that I think is is incredibly val valuable to also pick, on, uh, pick up on in this conversation uh, before we go into um, uh, the examples that we wanted to share is that um, I think... So I love that we both come from very different perspectives and I don't say this in a way that, oh, let's just agree to disagree or, well, it's not even like disagreeing, but it's not like any kind of cheesy way because I think it allows us to communicate something much more meta yes. because I like when we talk about these things, the more I talk about it, the more I ingrain this belief in myself and this very specific perspective. And I sometimes tend to forget that it's nothing but that another perspective i cannot for the life of me at this point prove to you that there is a source out there that we are all connected to and all these kinds of things and so uh, not to say that there's nobody who's had that direct experience it's just not my experience as of this moment um but the beautiful thing is just ask yourself because there's so many people with so many different perspectives. And if you try to analyze all these things logically, there's just like, you're going to go crazy. Mm -hmm. I tried to do it myself. Didn't work like at all. So go to your own experience and ask yourself, once I start to live as though this is true, once I started to live as though there is a source that I'm connected to, and if I actually go out of the way and start to trust this sense in myself and my intuition and my heart more, how is that ex impacting my experience of this training process? How is this impacting my experience of life? And, and that is the key. That is how I now evaluate new perspectives, new operating. I, I, I used to have a blog and I, I coined it personal operating systems. Yeah. But ha have your own experience be the feedback loop. And it doesn't matter if you find more value in Steve's perspective that is focused on creating something versus 
my perspective that is focused on getting out of the way, dissolving, letting go of things. It's like just how is it helping you compared to how you were looking at things before you were hearing about what we were talking about now? Yeah, I think we talked about this in our very first conversation. But everything that Kobe and I are doing, we're just the finger pointing at the moon. Mm, mm -hmm. The finger pointing mm -hmm. at the moon is not the moon. We're just mm -hmm. pointing yeah. <laughs> out something for you that mm -hmm. says, now, have your experience of that moon. Now, mm -hmm. I want to highlight something you said because I think I just want to deepen – not deepen. I just want to bring it back forward, which is – if you're if you are now three episodes into these conversations with Kobe and I, you're curious. You either have had some direct experience of source mm. or soul, mm. or you've curious about that mm. potential. Mm. And this is where the 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 former Christian in me comes out. Mm. I am evangelical for the soul. And I am evangelical for the spiritual source connected experience, for the direct mm. experience of source. Mm. This is gnosis, in my opinion. That's the term mm. I use is gnosis. Mm. And I just want to call anyone at this point who's interested in this concept in, mm. in, and is not sure where to go to mm. stay with us. Mm. Just stay mm. with us. We'll continue to provide you more and more unfoldings of different mm. potential ways and means in which to gain access. But mm. I want to repeat what Kobe said. The f you will need to step off the edge. Mm. The mm. great Tibetan Buddhist teacher, Choigam Trungpa, many people consider him a, a rascal and a, and a rebel, and, and he has, he's been canceled. Um, he's, he passed away in 78. He had this statement that he said, He's like, it's so hard to step off the edge mm. because you're falling. Mm. But when you fall, you never hit the ground. Mm -hmm. You'll find you never hit the ground. Now, it's something mm -hmm. to that effect. I don't remember the exact mm -hmm. quote, but it's something to that effect. So I just, mm. I just ask, if you're interested, just follow Kobe's lead and say, I'm just curious. What mm. is this connecting to source? Or in my mm -hmm. case, what would it be to 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 make my soul? What is mm -hmm. a soul even for me? Mm -hmm. And just allow it to percolate into your experience mm -hmm. and allow it to come forward. And then listen to us once a month or whenever we get the chance to record <laughs> these dialogues so that you can continue to see where it goes. Mm -hmm. I promise you, all we're doing is inviting you to your own mm -hmm. deepest, most authentic and true experience of being alive mm. and if it's called if you're being called to this just step into that place step out mm. into that fear because mm. you're never going to rationalize it as kobe said you're mm. never going to oh, be yeah. able to wrap your mind around it because it's not mm. it doesn't work from a reason perspective reason mm -hmm. does not function here mm -hmm. it, it, it requires the imaginal it requires mystery it requires frankly fear and mm -hmm. not knowing part of the whole thing is not knowing right mm -hmm. being in that space so mm -hmm. anyway just wanted to cool make that call sorry now Beautiful. you can come down and if you want to be yeah. baptized in the church in the long run come down no, i'm just playing <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I'm keeping an eye on time here because we we somehow managed to like let's like time moves faster when we're having these these conversations. Uh, so we're about 53 minutes in at this point, and I I want to make a conscious practice practice like my intention for these conversations moving forward is to make it tangible um, because I know that a big part of this. Um, journey to your point steve is a sphere um and so our i mean my brain at least had had a lot of things to say before i managed to get to the point where i actually started to um be able to experiment with this and something i learned along the way though is that uh, i used to then default to i i'm not even gonna like mess with all the things my brain is saying i have to spiritually transcend my brain and all these things and i always have to like take the hard way even though there's a lot of things that we can say that our brain's going to be like, okay, if, if that is also something that is coming with this, then I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm on, mm -hmm. I'm with you. So uh, one thing I know <clears throat> that uh, a lot of people um, still are looking for is like, okay, it would be very helpful for me if you could relate this back to how this is going to help me get to my goal faster, how this is going to help me be a better athlete, a more resilient athlete, whatever it may be. So let's try to, in the examples that we both have lined up here, try to hone in on how this is actually also helping you to be uh, faster, how it helps you to be stronger more uh injury less injury prone all of these things because it is also something that is coming from doing this even though obviously i would say let definitely don't have this to have this be the main reason mm. you're going or embarking on this journey so um is is, is that am i making sense sure do you want to cool. share your example first so or do you want me i would to love to or? go with yours first because it's so alive it's so specific it's so i think it's going to be for a lot of people um, I mean, relatable and not relatable at the same time. Um, and then we can see if we add mine, uh, depending on where we land on time uh, cool. at, that, at that point. Cool. So, Well, my, my example is one that will, it, it, it's not as particularly relevant to the multiple examples I gave early on, because those mm -hmm. examples were far more focused specifically on soul making, right? As a mm -hmm. particular specific thing. But I just had an athlete um, who I met with yesterday who ran, recently ran a marathon, uh, was trying to qualify for the U.S. Olympic trials in the marathon. And um, they missed it. Uh, and, and the race was very challenging and difficult for them. Um, but they, they missed their goal. And when we talked, there was a lot of emotion and a lot mm. of frustration, a lot of sadness, mm. um, a lot of confusion and anger mm. and this athlete uh i've worked with for many many years but uh, i started working with many many years ago but now uh she she'd gone off to do other things and we worked together when she was a collegiate athlete and then she came back recently to to work with me as a coach and the great she's she's gained one of the big challenges that she has is that she's she's she knows that training is a process mm. That it is a process and that with a goal, with an outcome-related goal, uh, there's this hook that allows us to um, stay engaged and active and moving forward. Mm. Um, but most people have arbitrary goals. Mm. But hers was a non-arbitrary goal. The time is set. Mm. Two hours mm. and 37, three hours and 36 minutes and 59 seconds. If you mm. don't run that, 
time, then you don't move on to the next level. It's mm. whereas everybody else, you know, you they're pretty much when you set a goal to run sub two twenty, it was arbitrary. You just sexy mm. number, gonna go try go get it <laughs> right. Hers was yeah sexy number, but it was also you do you don't pass through this time, you don't go to the next level. Mm-hmm. And and she said to me throughout, like, I've been working on process. I've been working on process. I've been working on process. And what I shared with her was like, you've given lip service to process. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm-hmm. living process means you bring it forward every day. Every mm-hmm. run, you bring it forward in intention and you continuously work through the fear factor around the goal that you've set and whether that goal is going to be reached, whether that outcome Mm. can be reached. And just Mm. like, as you mentioned that a person must come back around to a scenario in which they fail in order to succeed. My statement to Mm. her was, had we succeeded in this endeavor, you might've walked away and saying I was in process all the time, but the level Mm. of frustration and sadness and, and, and despair that's here truly honors the training and the event and the work that you've done. Mm. But unfortunately, it also highlights that that goal of yours to be process oriented, mm. to be primarily process oriented has yet to happen. Mm. Mm. And unfortunately, mm. it's a glaring, very glaring and, 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 and be very glaring because it was not arbitrary. Mm. Mm. And I want to go so, back to the idea of, of, of this idea of, well, go ahead. Sorry. No. So what is the spiritual invitation that is being made in this, in this example? The spiritual invitation is that being in process is exactly what you were talking about. So being mm. in process is this space of allowance, of aliveness, of recognition that the actual activity itself is worth doing in and of mm. itself for its own reason mm. and its own purpose, that mm. ultimately that's the ground of our running experience. Mm. And she gave lip service to that ground. But yet mm. when it came down to it, the level of pressure, the level of need in her mm. was mm. still outcome oriented. And I would just say this, this athlete is highly evolved in an incredibly capable and talented and emotionally open and aware human being. So mm-hmm. I, this is no denigration of this athlete. She's and the mm-hmm. move, ground that she's gained since I started working with her in Jan, in, in, in July to, to this race is really incredibly impressive. Mm. But the standard of running by process, the standard mm. of setting an intention for a monthly mm. for a, in a monthly cycle or in a yearly cycle or whatever cycle you have of being mm. really, truly present to the process and being in process. Mm. It's a big big ask Kobe Mm -hmm. and it requires Mm -hmm. a daily approach to setting the Mm -hmm. intention following Mm -hmm. through in the session seeing how that plays out and then Mm -hmm. debriefing afterwards and saying how did I do in my relation to staying present in the moment did Mm -hmm. I was I successful because if I can be successful Mm -hmm. in one training session to be truly here with Mm -hmm. whatever's going on and whatever's present in the moment might allow me to be able to do that Mm -hmm. when I'm standing on the starting line Two mm. hours and, and the gun goes off and I've got two hours and 36 minutes and 59 seconds to cross a finish line. And those who do are standing with their arms outraised and cheering mm. and totally excited. And they get this special stuff. And those people who step to who come across the ground, the, the finish line, um, t- two seconds, 20 seconds, two minutes, 
five minutes who also sacrificed everything they could possibly sacrifice throughout that four-year window of time to try to achieve that goal, they don't get it. What are they left mm. with? A, a fucking bag of shit. Mm. I call it shit sandwiches. It's like eating a shit mm. sandwich. The girls who mm. run 256.37, ice cream sandwiches. The girls who mm. ran 237.01, shit sandwiches. Sorry. Mm. Mm-hmm. But but to be if someone is truly in process, if they're truly committed to process, mm. they will have already squeezed out of that event every single thing that they needed. Mm. Now, the growth opportunity for this young lady is to then say, now, how do I take this disappointment and allow mm. it to grow in me in the dark? Mm. Where's mm-hmm. the light in this darkness? Mm. There's light in this darkness. There's a lot mm. of light in this darkness. And yes, mm. she needs to stay in the darkness for a little while because we do need to process naturally. We need to have mm. those emotional feels, whatever they are, they need to happen and they need to come away. But I just said, please keep writing down your experiences. Just keep writing mm. them down, writing them down, writing them down. And we'll meet again in a week. And then we'll meet again in three weeks. And we'll meet again in two months. And we'll see how we're doing on this. But mm-hmm. if your goal is to be in process, then we need to do the steps daily. Mm. In order to achieve that, how might that have changed her experience on that on race day? It may or may not have allowed for um, nervous system defragmenting. Mm. It may have kept mm. her clearer and op- more open. Um, mm. Her experience of race day. Uh, she was very good going in, but she felt terrible for a window of time. Maybe if the mm-hmm. window of time she had felt better and been able to to just say mm-hmm. it is what it is. I mean, she did all these things. Mm-hmm. Listen, the one thing I want to tell people is you are not guaranteed your goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is this mm-hmm. is just basics. I'm sorry. People, I don't know mm-hmm. why people think that they're always guaranteed to get their goal. If you're mm-hmm. guaranteed to get your goal, you are not stretching. You are not pressing. You are not alive. You're dead. Mm-hmm. You're playing mm-hmm. a video game. Okay? Mm-hmm. The video game, you know, when the video game ends and you die, oh, just restart, play again. No, that's not the way mm-hmm. this shit works. That's not the way a marathon mm-hmm. works. That's not the way any race works. Failure, failure should be great, higher likelihood of failure than success mm-hmm. for any endeavor of any, in my opinion, that's worth any salt for any mm-hmm. growth. But mm-hmm. we need to stay in process in order to fully benefit from every step along the journey. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. when that happens, when you truly live in that process oriented, when you're in that process, the result will be irrelevant Mm -hmm. because you Mm -hmm. already got from the event, everything. Beautiful. That's necessary. That was going to be my, my follow-up question. How would it have changed her experience of the, of not hitting the goal if she had been in process? throughout the process and i think that she did her best Mm. i would argue she did her best Mm -hmm. but i don't think that she practiced it enough to be really Mm -hmm. good at it under Mm -hmm. duress Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's on me yeah that's on me as her coach how would it have changed her experience let's say that she she managed to do it she had she she really was there on race day she had done the reps i mean not she had done the reps like to your point but Let's say that, that she hadn't had... done the spiritual reps. She hadn't done mm. the process reps. So let's let's say she did those. How would that have changed her experience of not hitting the goal? Because that is also something I want to want to highlight. Like spirituality doesn't all of a sudden 
allow you to like magically hit every goal you set. <laughs> like spirituality is not going to make me run a sub two hour marathon. Like m- maybe there's like some potentiality I could connect to and then make a magical quantum leap and stuff. Like, I don't know. I just, that's not my experience again. Uh, and it's not, yeah. So I could speak to that. So in my experience, it's not because I now take this spiritual perspective into account that every goal is, is achievable. So how, I mean, so it's st- there's still going to be failure in that sense. So, but how would she have experienced? So, failure? two things, two things to highlight here. Number one, she would have done it in training consistently and had an easy way to access that state. Mm-hmm. She would have mm-hmm. access to that felt sense experience of being fully mm-hmm. present mm-hmm. and not referring future past, future past, future past. I can't speak for her. I, we didn't break down her race far enough to go. Mm-hmm. It was re- literally the day after her race. So we haven't really got to yeah, yeah. totally post, you know, debrief the mm-hmm. event. But I would think that, A, number one, she would be have that touch, that salience, that presence, mm-hmm. being able to presence that process so much better. Mm-hmm. And so that would have been mm-hmm. on call and available to her. Her experience Mm -hmm. of it would have been to be present with whatever was going on. She did state emphatically Mm -hmm. in the past Mm -hmm. when she's been in process, Mm. she enjoyed every step, even when the Mm -hmm. steps were painful. Mm -hmm. So that is another Mm -hmm. key sign that there's a deep, Mm -hmm. there's a pleasure even in the pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a, and and most of us have had that experience and you, you ran, you ran the whole Pacific Crest trail. I'm sure that there were, extended windows of time where the pain was incredible, but also with it was coupled this deep presence Mm -hmm. that's being in the moment. Mm -hmm. So I think that would have been another thing that would have happened. Right. And then two, Mm -hmm. when she finished across the finish line, she would have been able to feel that she had done what she was capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And that that Mm -hmm. day, that was Mm -hmm. what, that was her best because there will Mm -hmm. always, there can't always be this question afterwards did I mm. do my best? And mm. my view is if you run a beautiful race and you're present and you're in yeah. process, then there's never mm. a question of whether you did your best because it's just all that was there. Bumps. It was mm. just what was there that day. And it's so hard to understand for our brain. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But you is... can go there and you can experience that. And I've had it in my last race. I missed my goal by four hours. Like I was hitting, uh, trying to hit a sub 20 hour, 100 miler somewhere here in Belgium to set like some kind of new record on that trail. I miss it by four hours, but somehow I was so open to ex- to accept the experience that was that was there for me in that moment. And all of a sudden, like I was hit by so much gratitude. I was crying when it was like just raining outside so much. And I crossed the finish line and I was so freaking proud of myself. I'm like, look at this, man. I just gave it every single step of the way. It was such a profound act of self-love. It's like, it's, Oh, I, I would I would just love to be able to put this into words, tell you how to do it, and just like have everybody have this experience. But it's we have so we have profound. told them how to do it. Yeah, yeah. You set an <laughs> intention, right. you make a plan, you decide that you're gonna work on this, you mm-hmm. find the areas that are good that you're really good at and the things you're not good at. Mm-hmm. Then you go and set an intention before every session, and then mm-hmm. you debrief after that. You try to work on it during the session to the best of your ability, and then you debrief mm-hmm. it after the session's over and you ask yourself, how did I do today? How did I do mm-hmm. in relation to this to this intention that I set? And mm-hmm. you just don't beat yourself up. You just keep doing it and reiterating and reiterating, reiterating, reiterating. Now, it doesn't have Beautiful. to be processed. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the reason I brought process up is because this is the way our conversation went. Mm-hmm. Now, 
cool. with this particular athlete. And that's why I bring it forward. It's like, again, it's a little bit different from what we were covering earlier on, but I do think it's relevant to show, Hey, that goal is one that, that mm-hmm. goal is one. Um, as you described in your experience of that hundred mile race, um, I guarantee you that this athlete would have loved to have had that experience mm-hmm. on her marathon on Sunday, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that would have made up for all of that. And mm-hmm. as she said to me, one thing I want to highlight here, she said to me, but I thought I was doing this. I mm. thought I did this, but doing is not, is, but you, you, nothing is guaranteed. You mm-hmm. have no, you have no right. Mm-hmm. Right. This whole idea of human rights is there's no such thing as a human right. There's the law of the fucking jungle. That's it. Like, mm. We just have created these concepts on top of concepts on top of concepts. Get rid of those concepts and just be present in the moment and allow mm-hmm. whatever's going to happen, happen, and then lean in mm-hmm. to the best of your ability based on your capacities and capabilities. But the beauty of this entire process is that you will find out, like, I can so heavily relate to what, she, to what she's saying. I thought I was doing process when I was running across Belgium until a friend was there to kindly remind me, Kobe, meditation is not to get rid of your pain. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, how long have I been doing this once again? Again, I thought I was there. But it was yes. my experience, my frustration, my dissatisfaction with that, with the restlessness, with, with what I was experiencing there that was actually already telling me, Kobe, you are missing the point. Kobe, you are missing the point. And, and, but it's beautiful. It's why I just want to inspire so many more people to go on adventure, to do hard things, because that's where you find out. That's where you find out the bullshit that you don't know you're telling yourself. Because we shouldn't beat ourselves up for not knowing that we're bullshitting ourselves it's it's just how this goes but yes it's beautiful because in that moment she had the opportunity to realize oh there's another level to which i can actually do this and commit to this and so actually i mean i'm sure once she has felt all there what what needs to be felt that that's just a natural perspective that is gonna emerge um there's nothing but but gratitude I, that you get a new opportunity i think so i think this athlete is a huge capacity for mm. self-reflection and a mm. deep desire to um she sees running as a path with heart so mm. once one, i do think this is an absolute critical piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. like what we're talking oh, about yeah. in order to do any of these things you have to believe oh, for sure so that invitation no i made way. earlier yeah. that invitation exactly. i made earlier is there um belief mm-hmm. is a dangerous word right it's a mm-hmm. it's a hard thing because beliefs mm-hmm. also can constrict us and confine mm-hmm. us and create and but we have to have a belief to get started and then yeah, you can de exactly. then you can defrag or move away from that as we said my view was to build so then i could mm-hmm. then take apart whereas mm-hmm. your view is okay let's just take apart primarily mm-hmm. and then rebuild mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. i think that both we're both talking about the same thing they're just at different levels in different spaces coming at it from mm-hmm. a different perspective mm-hmm. um do you want to share your cool. experiment your your or do you feel like we, no, we've... I, uh, I think <laughs> we, we did actually a pretty decent time. We only went over like 11 minutes. And awesome. I think we had a really dense and beautiful episode. We did a great job at making things more specific. Um, we, yeah, you shared a beautiful example. We, we were able to riff every now and then. I think this is like, yeah, this is like probably one of the densest conversations I've had uh, so far on this episode. And I think... Let's just leave it here. I think this is an amazing practice. We can, I think 60 minutes is actually very good for what we're trying to do here. So um, 
I would love to end instead with just asking people like examples is really where it's at. Like the specifics really uh, reveal all the general general principles. So um, if you have a question about how you can, like what is a broader perspective you could take it's some, with something you're struggling with, whether it's an injury or the progress or you struggle to be training consistently or what, whatever the case may be, uh, you have. It doesn't matter. Just, I, I would love for this um, second half of our conversation to be like a Q and A. We have listeners that asked questions, and now we can help them uh, step into a broader perspective. That's like what I would love. So instead of sharing my example, I would I would just love to invite the listeners to share their examples for for yeah the next conversations that we're gonna be be having. How would they do that? I'm glad you glad you're asking. Um, uh, they could do that. Uh, in my case, by reaching out on Instagram, that's for sure the the best way for the, to do it. So that's in the zone coaching. Um, and if they want to reach out to you, how they how would they do that? They can send me an email at sisson s i s s o n at telosrunning dot com. That's t e l o s r u n n i n g dot com. Beautiful. Cool. And if you if you do that, what I would suggest you do is just send us your pain point. Your 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 what's what suffering is for mm-hmm. you, or what you're what you're concerned with, or what your spiritual, or your spiritual soul growth space is, and then we can, um, and then maybe some just a little context so that we can mm-hmm. be helpful in kind of any any response that we might make to yeah. it to try to keep cool. that as as tight and as as relevant to you as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, feel free to write as much as you want, but if you don't mm-hmm. want to write that much, then just send us um, that basic information, the pain point, what the issue you're trying to bring up, and then a little contextual awareness of maybe a little bit how about how long you've been running or where, where you're at in terms of context within your personal space history mm. so that we can be sure we're as relevant as possible to what your question is. Beautiful. I love it. Steve, thanks a lot for this conversation and yeah. I'm looking forward to the next one already. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Thanks, y'all.